Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me, as always, your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I'm your other co-host, Cam, and we are back on the stream after a an uncomfortably long hiatus. First of all, we had no episodes last week, Kirk. None. Not a one. What? When's the last time that happened? Oh, I don't... Has there ever been a time? Well, we did go bi-weekly for a while there during the pandemic. I don't like to okay. talk about it because it was among the saddest periods of my entire life because there was just literally nothing to talk about. There was nothing new. Nothing was happening. No movies, no movie news, no hope in the world, actually. No, there was, was just Tiger King. Sucked. There was yeah. Tiger King. There was the Michael Jordan documentary. And then yes. there was just vast amounts of garbage. That was you it. You know, I think that like making a murderer season two came out during that. Oh, did it? That's or possible. Maybe it was right before. That's no, possible. I'm not sure. Didn't get as much buzz. Sad, sad times, but still excellent. Still a definite need to watch that. And if you follow uh, Zellner, his new attorney on uh, on Twitter, there are some big things happening over in the mm. Stephen Avery case. So look out, folks. I feel like it's one of those things, though, with making a murderer. That's kind of like the Adnan, you know, serial Adnan mm-hmm. Syed. Where it's like it's a, it always feels like the earth is about to shatter and, and yeah. everything's gonna change and it never does. You know? They're always like, yeah. Oh my god, we got a we got a retrial. We finally get a we get to uh bring this appeal before a new judge, and then the new judge is like, Yeah, no, sorry. And, and <laughs> we just keep going round and round. That's how I feel about making a murderer. Which well, is just because any judge that's going to take that case on will be murdered by the Manitowoc police. Uh, oh yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're there. It's going to be over for them, but um, yeah, I, I don't know, but it was a dark time when we were having to watch things like that and there was nothing else to talk about. And, and it was a dark time last week when we couldn't record, but you mm-hmm. know, sometimes life happens and that was certainly the case, but we've been doing a lot of movie reviews still. We're going to have another review this week. Um, which we will reveal later. Kirk is dropping some hints with his backdrop. So if you're on the if you're on the YouTube or if you're on the stream, you might have a hint as to what we were reviewing. Um, In fact, even this band aid at my wrist is kind <laughs> of like a, a hint. It's kind of like a hint. Well. <laughs> Could be it's a little secret insider hint. So yeah. we'll we'll let you know at the end what that is. So so that you guys have to stick around for that. But we're glad to be back talking about movie and TV news because there has been a lot. Um, a lot of it has been on the streaming side. We're going to get into all of that. Um, there's been some casting news. There's been a couple of other things, but really there's been a lot of big studio type news. But Kirk, before we get into all of that, I'm going to step on my soap soapbox for just a second because something okay, happened. You're, you're already tall enough. I mean, I know like a soap. It's getting, yeah, dish, th- at this point it's just disc. kind of unnecessary, right? It's, it's like, okay, we get it, right? Stop bragging. <laughs> but. I have something that I want to talk about because I don't know that we'll ever talk about it again. And it's something that happened this last weekend. And it's big in my world. But I'll be brief because I think there's a chance that 90% of our listenership does not care about this at all. Okay. The number one film in the box office this past weekend was Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Ball Super was the wow. number one movie in the box office. 20 
million dollars. According to Crunchyroll, it's the biggest anime feature film opening ever in the U.S. domestic box office. It smacked that terrible-looking lion movie that Idris Elba is in, Beast. And can I just say that that is freaking awesome that it won the box office this last weekend for so many reasons, because I am a huge Dragon Ball fan. It's a part of me. I grew up with it. I still am a huge fan. I've really enjoyed it. But, like... Anime fans, this is for you. Welcome to the mainstream. You did it. Like the movement is here. It has arrived. Anime is is a thing. And I was sitting in a theater on Friday night with my nephews who just recently got into Dragon Ball. They're all in. And the theater was packed full of Dragon Ball fans, decked out, raring to go. And they were all just so thankful. I could hear that like I was listening to conversations and I was chatting with people who were there. And they were kept saying things like, I'm just so thankful I don't have to drive two hours to go see the new Dragon Ball movie. I'm so thankful that we have a wide release and we can go see it in our local theater. Like this is the first time Dragon Ball fans have been like going all over to find a a limited release of their movie. But this time they got the wide release and they were able to do it in their theater and people were fired up, dude. It was like Spider-Man no way home up in there. Like people were going ballistic. It was such a fun environment. Um, so I just have to say that that's awesome. It, it's not every it's it's not very often you get to experience something totally new in the cinema, and this was it for me. And and I just thought it was great. That's awesome. The only thing that I can add that I saw was quite hilarious uh, was a TikTok video today. And at, what's the opening kind of move that they do? Is it called a kamehaha? What's it oh called? the guy who was doing the kamehameha in front of the entire theater. <laughs> He said, listen, my people, help me summon the the movie with me. Let us all do a kamiha. <laughs> and like four people. Did yeah, the people were really weirded out because I think that in general, oh. walking to yeah. a, the, the front of a crowded theater and starting to scream things is, is a bad call. But no, not good. At all. If he if he was like an employee <laughs> or like they if the employee came out and said, we have a special. <laughs> We have a special little event before the movie begins. Bear with us. Yeah. Uh, he's, he needs this. Yeah, it was like... I, thought, I still thought it was funny. It was know? the right energy at the wrong location. But, oh, like, also, right. I was just talking about how good the energy was. That guy probably took it a bit too far. But he was like, let's all do a group Kamehameha. And there were maybe, like, like to Kirk's point, like, three people who were like, eh, yeah. yeah, okay, sure. And the rest of the audience is like, no. Let's right. not. The rest were like ready to run <laughs> like immediately. Yeah. But like, let me, let me say this too, as the last thing on the dragon ball thing. Um, I, I am a dragon ball fan. I really am. I've grown up with it. I still love it. I still watch the new stuff, but like, I also know what it is. Like, I know that it's not high art. I know that it's just really fun martial arts anime show. The movie was good though. Kirk, like oh. not just like good for dragon ball. Like it was actually good. Like it, good. like it was well built. Like I, I was floored and I've seen a lot of Dragon Ball movies, a lot of Dragon Ball content. I was like, that was better than probably anything I've seen in the Dragon Ball universe. So I, my mind was blown, but like the critics are loving it. The fans are loving it. It's just a huge win all, all around. So Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball fans, this is it. This is our moment. We did it. We're oh, here. Ah. Yeah, that's right. Kirk, you're, you're on it. You're, you're <laughs> welcome to the movement. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's all I know. I don't even think I'm saying it right. No, you're not, but that's okay. It's it's the it's the thought that counts. We'll now open every episode with a quick kami ha. A quick kami ha. Ancestors. Yes, that's right. Uh, okay, now we now that that's out of the way, now that I'm, I can step down off my soapbox and we can proceed with the episode. But Kirk, I think we should pop it up. I think we should. Let's do it. I'm I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. So as this as this episode is titled, I'm titling it "Content Wars," not just "Streaming Wars." Really, mm-hmm. since our podcast has started, we have called. We have referenced the streaming wars, like the Clone Wars. We have referenced it. Um, I'm calling it Content Wars, and the reason for that is that there's more than just streaming involved these days. And the first story we're going to talk about, Kirk, is pretty monumental. And it relates to that Content Wars theme, and it's that for the first time ever in the history of history, streaming has surpassed traditional cable in terms of hours watched. So streaming is the number one medium for intaking content on a television these days. So what's your reaction to that, Kirk? Are we, do you feel like, what, what does it really mean? Because I feel like a lot of people will hear that and they'll be like, oh yeah, of course, nobody watches cable. But the reality is that like, this is sort of the end of an era because there are still a lot of people who watch cable, but now the number of people who watch cable is actually less than the people who don't. And that marks a, a pretty significant moment, I think, in American entertainment history. So what was your reaction when you heard it? Yeah, that tilt. That tilt is very telling of, of what people are doing. Uh, I was not totally surprised. I figured... You know, how many people are still watching The Blacklist in the eighth season of Mom? You <laughs> yeah, know, right, right. Uh, they, they have, they're coming to an end. They're, they're coming to an end. I think Mom already finished. But, you know, what's funny is that, like, all, when, you, when you break it down, like, they're all the same thing with just different rules, right? So, like, mm-hmm. what you can put on network television is not the same as what you can put on streaming because right. you can really put whatever you want and throw whatever rating you want on streaming. Um, but cable has a little bit different. And the ironic part is that all of the cable networks have streaming shows. They have original streaming shows where they have the freedom to do those things. So they're playing in both fields. So it's... It's very interesting. There are people that are still holding on to network television, uh, try as they might. The I feel like the last strongest possible effort that was out there was the first few seasons of This Is Us. I don't know that there will ever be anything back on network television as uh, as as big of a community as that yes. on, on network television. I was actually surprised when this is us started that it that it picked up as much steam as it did like yeah i was surprised that where we were at at that time and i don't know when it started it had to have been around like 2016 2017ish yes when that, that show was going on i i had i was long done with network tv at that point and i remember being like wow like i didn't know that a network show could could cause this much of a stir still so i was i was a little bit like oh wow that's that's something but um yeah, I mean, this is this is really remarkable when you start to think about it because it it can have major impacts on on the world here out. Like streaming, you have to have wireless internet, 
in order to do it or be connected to a device that's connected to the internet. So that is a very different thing because, you know, the, the publicly available airwaves are different than wireless or wired internet because you have to pay for wired internet. Before, you just had to pay for, like, an antenna, and then you had it forever. Um, and that's still the case. I mean, you can still plug an t- antenna into your TV and, and get the airwaves, you know? Um, right. So, like, it will change the way th- things work in terms of, like, how the government reaches its people. And, like, the world will be even more reliant on on internet and wireless and things like that. It will become a human right at some point. So, like, even beyond that, there are some macro things that come to mind. But I think the one thing I was trying to think, is there anything will I, that I will miss about cable <laughs> as I tried, as I tried to think about it? Because right now I really don't watch it. I, I have, um, I mean, you know this, I have direct TV stream and I use that basically just for regional sports and nothing else. Um, and until, as long as regional sports are a thing that will probably remain the case, but I have no other need for cable. But the one thing that I thought of was this idea of appointment TV. And we've talked about it before, but there was just something, and this is not that long ago, uh, as recently as like Game of Thrones, uh, even Better Call Saul that's happening right now. There's just something about appointment television that is this nice communal event. Um, And things like Twitter and Facebook have made it so that we can enjoy these things together uh, as as a community. And I just really hope... And, and it's starting to come back a little bit more on streaming. They're tr- starting to figure out like how to release things one episode at a, at a time and stuff like that. But this idea that like this thing is happening right now, 7 p.m., and everybody who is watching it is watching it right now, that's something I hope we don't lose. Because with the week-to-week stuff that we get now, it's always being dropped at like 2 a.m. Central time right. or whatever. So there's not like this idea that okay, I'm watching this right now with the rest of the world. And when it's over, I'm going to go on Twitter and interact with people. Like that doesn't really happen. Um, it happens to a lesser degree, but like, I just want to, us to still be able to tap into that. Right, right, right. It, you know, it's a very small community. Uh, if you ever hop on Twitter, right. Hop, if you're hop on Twitter, your voice breaks <laughs> in the middle of the night at 2 AM when you're watching, you know, the newest episode of Miss Marvel, uh, or whatever it might be. And, you see like six other people like, Oh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it was right. so great. Anyone else DM me. <laughs> like, it's a pretty funny little crowd that goes by or like the spoilers with no context uh, yeah, like yeah. memes and pictures. Those are fun. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely be down if something dropped at like, I don't know, 10 o'clock. Like my kids are officially asleep uh, after they've come out six or seven times. And then finally it gets released so I can enjoy it. Uh, you know, like the walking dead parties were ginormous. So the fun. Bad parties were ginormous. Like uh, let's back it Game up. Of let's Thrones. Take away 2 a.m. Game of Thrones was absolutely enormous. So, well, yeah. And on. you look at last night, uh, Sunday, August, whatever, 21st house of the dragon premieres. Right. 10 million people tune into HBO to watch it. Biggest HBO premiere ever, which like, I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't know there was still that level of interest in game of Thrones. I didn't know uh, that that many people would show up for a spinoff following the, the backlash of that final season, but that's still very much a thing. And those people were on Twitter last night having a field day because they got to watch Mm -hmm. it together and they were all chatting and it was, it was really cool to watch. And so like, I want us to be able to tap into that. I feel like that is important. That's why that to me is why theaters are important. And that is why 
appointment television is important because it helps us to connect through the things that we like in a very like real time way that is that is unique. That's why live streaming podcasters are just as important. That's right. In fact, I believe we've just uh, beat the uh, the Game of Thrones premiere. I think we just hit 10 million oh, and one viewers. Yep, 10 on million one. There it goes. Yes, and that person's going to win a free car because that's how big our reach is. Yeah. This is pretty great. Exciting. It's a 2011 so Chevy it. Cruze. It's got 105,000 miles on it, and it needs new brakes. But That's highly specific. It's yours if you want it. <laughs> DM us for the details. Um, so yeah, it, I guess all in all, RIP Cable, it's been fun. It'll still be around for a while. Like nothing has changed in the immediate, but this is a big day. I don't, I, I like, it's a big moment. Um, in other content surpassing other content news, here was the other big one, Kirk. Disney Plus, prior to its third birthday, has already surpassed Netflix for the most subscribers of any streaming platform surpassed Netflix, which has been around forever and was the first of its kind, a true disruptive brand basically started streaming. I mean, they really did. And now they have been eclipsed by Disney plus Kirk. My thought on this is, I mean, I think we knew that something would, would surpass is that would something would surpass Netflix originally like like we knew that was coming and we knew that that thing was probably disney plus you know it was just a matter of time but did you know or did you think that it would happen this fast i within three years that's pretty rapid i never thought that it would happen that fast Mm -hmm. because their catalog is great their catalog is vast but netflix can pull in different studios right like they can pull in classics they can pull in brand new uh, original content that's going to drive uh, viewership over there so the fact that disney has been able to be this giant conglomerate such as you know the roys in succession yeah it's pretty intimidating like you know how um by and large and wally like i feel like you know like in cults what happens is the leaders they tell you they show their hand in front of you immediately and in, specifically in Wally, by and large, buys everything. They own everything. They own the only last living shuttle to get people off the earth, right? <laughs> so I think Disney is working itself up there. It wanted Wally to be its very first film. They just didn't have the technology to do it. So I think we have just been just slowly watching their plan take action, and we are only helping them throughout all of our lives and lifestyles. Yeah, I think I, I really want to see the breakdown. Like the nerd in me wants to know what's driving the new subscribers because on paper, I'm like, it's gotta be Disney junior. It's good. Like, right. Yeah. Like it has to be, that is almost certainly the area where Disney plus clearly dwarfs Netflix is in children based content, like children centric content. Like sure. Netflix has Coco melon, right. Which is a worldwide phenomenon and they have plenty of children's shows, but like Disney Junior is Disney Junior. Like Disney Junior is, it's it, man. You know, like when you're when you're swinging the stick that has Mickey Mouse and Bluey, Bluey. and all of the things that are huge these days. Like there have been any number of huge shows that come from Disney Junior, and like the people I know who have a Disney Plus subscription, almost all of them are like, "Well, we've got it for the kids." <laughs> you know, like you you just kind of hear that. 
Um, and I'm not saying that to discredit anything that's been happening on the Marvel and the Star Wars side, which are obviously significant. I know the Mandalorian, at least at the beginning, drove an enormous number of subscriptions. Um, and certainly the Marvel films being removed from Netflix and put onto Disney Plus um, hurts it. But I just, I really want to know what's driving new subscribers at such a massive clip. Because sure, the legacy catalog of all the classic Disney films is is good. Um, and I think that that's great, but I just want to know what's, what's getting new households onto Disney plus in such a way that they were able to eclipse Netflix, because even though Netflix, you, you know, people are saying their catalog is not as good as it used to be, or it doesn't stand out as much as it used to. Like it's still been around for a decade, you know, like that, that snowball has gained momentum and it's had a decade to do so. And Disney plus in two and a half years, it's just like, Boom, that's gone. Your lead is gone, and now we are as big as you. Um, so I, I feel like that's pretty remarkable. I did not expect it to happen this fast. I, The only people that could do it would be, would be Disney because they're just buying up everybody. And I still, there's going to be a big merger. There's got to be. I mean, you yeah. can call Warner Bros. and uh, HBO, Discovery, a big one. It's big. It's big. Yeah. But is it as impactful? Like Discovery Plus just became a thing. Yeah. Uh, only 500 people were watching it, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the fact that uh, that remains of that we have now HBO, Discovery Plus, uh, and all the ones, you know, Peacock, well, yeah. Netflix, and like Hulu. Who's going to do it? Who's going to do it first is the question. I continue to think it's going to be Netflix who ends up selling. I think they're going to get bought by somebody big, somebody massive, like an Apple size, somebody, you know, um, because like you said, like HBO max, people think of HBO max as a heavy hitter because of the IP that they have the eight, the legacy HBO shows like the wire, you know, and the Sopranos and stuff like that. Plus all of the Warner catalog. It's a lot of IP, but in terms of size, in terms of money behind it, nothing comes close to, to Disney. So something is going to give, going to have to give. And I feel like it makes sense for Apple to be the acquirer of somebody else's catalog of things. Um, Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see, but it, it, it will happen within the next few years because there's still a little bit too much noise and there's too much money floating around up there. People are starting to get price resistant to things services are getting canceled. Some of these some of these services, these platforms are going to be under immense pressure from their various boards and shareholders when people start looking at the monthly subscriptions and going, "You know what? Maybe I don't need Paramount Plus. Maybe right. I don't need Peacock." Uh, cuz that's where people start. They go, "What are the things that I'm paying for month over month?" And those have to go. Right, like even The Godfather Mm-hmm. is about to leave Paramount Plus, which, like, what? How do you let that happen? <laughs> I don't understand. It's like, only X more days to watch on our platform. Like, no, that made you. That's that's what's probably bankrolling it still, the Godfather series. <laughs> Come on, Paramount. I yeah. don't get that at all. I need to read some more on what's going on there. Yeah, and then they have the show, The Offer. Like, you're going to have people watch The Offer on your platform, and then they can't go watch The Godfather? Come right. on, dude. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's terrible. But this X is a good subway segue because the, the last content news we have is the Warner Bros. Discovery merger and the fallout that has happened as new CEO David Zaslav has stepped in 
at the new combined company, Warner Bros. Discovery. And it's a straight-up bloodbath up in that piece. Like, they are laying people off, canceling shows with just no remorse. I mean, it is violence. It's the Red Wedding over there, man. Like... (laughs) People are getting it's Game of Thrones over at Warner Media right now, and it is like bad news. And and really, what it is is this: you get a merger, people. Because because here's what I want to make clear, Kirk. Because I see a lot of people and going out and being like, "Oh my gosh, look at what Warner is doing." You know, this is horrible, and it is. Like there are real people involved here who have poured their hearts and souls and lives into these shows that are now just getting canceled without even a second thought. But it's as simple as this. There was a merger. New regime comes in place. They have a board to answer to. They're looking at all these things saying, hey, if we get rid of this stuff right now, we can get tax write-offs for a lot of it. And they're like, not my chair, not my problem, right? Like that's that's just the way it goes. And so they're just like gone. I mean, it's, it's, it's not because the show's bad. It's not because right. the the people are bad. It's just be, it's just business. It's just business, and uh, right. it'll be interesting. See where it goes. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. But what's your thought, Kirk? I mean, has anything that's happened over there been shocking to you? I mean, there's the bat bat girl. Like, what were your thoughts on that? You know. I wasn't like too bought into the Batgirl movie, but of course I was going to see it, right? Because I'm going to see every superhero movie that comes out. I have not watched Morbius yet, but it's on my list, right? (laughs) It's Morbin time, Kirk. It's it's not Morbin time for me yet, but it will be. And, you know, I just think that in in a world that is trying to um, bring on more representation... What a terrible decision to cut that movie. I mean, that had a big wave in the entire Hollywood community as well as the global community. Uh, So I'm a little bummed. Even if it's terrible, I want to see it. Let me see how bad it is and let me judge for myself. Uh, Yeah, I, I I just don't know what, how much money is worth each property because then of course we still have the flash that's sitting out there. Oh, we now have three options uh, that it might take on. And I think the, the clear and easy answer is cancel the movie, just drop it, move on with your lives to have that as the biggest tax write off to make the next movie, the next better, the flash movie, right? Yes. But on paper, that makes sense to me. It, I will say this though. Having a movie of the scale and budget and IP scale, I guess, of Batgirl get canceled has never been done. It's never happened. Like, that thing was done, you know? Like, there is a pretty close to done edit out there um, somewhere. (laughs) Deep in the the tranches of of Warner content, probably somewhere in, in the desert in New Mexico or something like that. Like that movie exists. Um, I, I just don't know that we've ever seen anything like that. And, and to that point, the flash would almost certainly, I mean, it would certainly be the biggest project money wise that we've ever seen just get flat canceled when it was done. Um, and for that reason, you see Warner making Ezra, uh, issue a public apology. Finally, <laughs> 
which I think is preposterous because their apology was, I mean, it's like, how do you, what kind of apology can a person like that put out after the antics that have ensued over the last six months? And even beyond before that, there were all sort of, uh, you know, allegations about different things that goings on that this person was involved in. You've got stuff that's still actively ongoing. That's horrific. Um, shocking, despicable, and this person comes out and gives a, you know, they give a, an apology. It, there's nothing that they could have said <laughs> to, to calm people's nerves or make them support the like this movie or this person. I I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know where I'm at on that because in my head I'm like, I'm not going to see that movie. I shouldn't. But at the right. same time, I don't know if I will. I, like I shouldn't. I know that I shouldn't. And and I and in my mind I'm like I'm not going to go see it. But if it goes to theaters, how do I not see it? I don't know. Right. Right. It's it's hard. It's hard. Like I could also see myself figuring out how to access the dark web and torrent and whatever that path looks like and finding Batgirl <laughs> from some disgruntled Oh, it's going to leak. Warner I think it, it will. Someone's got it on their laptop. Like I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it public. There are probably hackers out there right now working on that. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see it. We will see it in some weird form or most of it. Uh, maybe they like just delete a little bit of it, bit of it to have plausible deniability. I don't know. Uh, and the same with the flash or either, either it comes to theaters or we see a version of it online 30 years from now. Yeah. I don't know. I think the flash is coming out and I just, I, like I said, I, I have no idea how to reconcile my feelings about that. I think that Ezra Miller is a despicable human being who's done some horrible things yes. and continues to do horrible things. And I think is quite literally the only person <laughs> that I know of in the public eye that can be accurately labeled a menace to society <laughs> in every possible way, like lock this person up and throw away the key. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of celebrities that have done horrible things. There's only a few that you're like, yeah, they're never coming back from that. And Ezra is one of those. I people. mean, 1000% you're at a bar on a Friday night and Ezra Miller walks in the door. You are gone. Like, yes, I- I'm running as fast <laughs> as I can. And I don't know how many other celebrities I can say that about. I would be out of there in no time. Cause you know, he's just going to start throwing haymakers uh, at any <laughs> right. moment. Uh, right. Sorry for the misgendering there. Anyway, Ezra Miller, blah. Goodbye, Ezra. Goodbye. I don't Goodbye. know what to do Please about the Flash. Get in all of the counties that you. I, that's the thing, Kirk. I want it to get worse. I, like I want nobody to get hurt, but for it to get worse, so the movie has to be canceled. But I also don't know what that threshold is because if we haven't reached it yet, right? What is it? Do they have to um, murder someone? Does Ezra Miller have to literally uh, kill a person? Because it right, should not so, come to that. I'd like it to be like a victimless crime, like uh, like money, money insider trading. Because <laughs> insider trading. That's, that's the one. Let's that's go the, the Martha Stewart route. <laughs> that's what will put Ezra away, and I think that that way at least we're not we're hoping that someone dies. Yeah, yeah, I know. Ezra path. Yeah, this would be good. This would be good. Uh, so money laundering, embezzlement, insider trading. Um, uh, this is what we've come to. This is what you we're trying. This is what's. Be. This is what the world is now. I, I can't. I can't handle it. But <laughs> on, on the Warner HBO front, 
I'm still definitely in wait and see mode just in terms of my personal opinion on this. I, I know that Discovery Plus is wildly popular because of their vast array of reality garbage shows that people enjoy. I will just say for my piece, I don't want more reality garbage shows. And I certainly don't want any existing HBO Max content to be replaced with reality garbage shows. So I hope that that's not the direction that David Zaslav is going to go. From what I understand and what I've read, he's a competent executive who has a history of making good decisions from a media perspective. And it's not hard to see why he's doing the things that he's doing right now, but I still have hard, a hard time trusting anything that's going on over there right now. Cause it's, it's concerning. It is concerning. I mean, maybe once they get their, their books cleared, their ledgers cleared, maybe then we'll see the, the next direction, the new vision the goal of this all, right. They can't play their hand because then the other streaming services have time to catch up and do what they're doing. That makes sense but I'm ready for it to like go full speed ahead and find out what that direction is. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let's get out of content wars. Let's get out of streaming wars. That was, that was long. We have a couple things to touch on that I think are important. Okay. One is the Russo brothers, man, they're back at it. And according to deadline, their new film, the electric state is shaping up with an absolutely preposterous cast. Kirk, let me, let me list this one out for you. I'm ready. And this is this is based on a book, just like The Gray Man was. Um, joining a cast that's headlined by Chris Pratt and Millie Bobby Brown, ho-hum, is Michelle Yeoh, Brian Cox of Succession fame, and many other things, but most recently Succession, Stanley Tucci, Jenny Slate, and Jason Alexander, a.k.a. George Costanza. I am floored by this cast. And is it weird? Can I just like, is this, I need a reality check. Is it weird that the person I'm most excited about on that cast list is Jason Alexander? Is that a weird thing? (laughs) Do I need help? No, but it is definitely, you know, what stands out for sure. For sure. Because it's like, wait, all of these other people are like action stars or could be. Yeah. And like are currently working. Yeah. But I like mean, maybe Jason Alexander is behind the camera. I don't know no way. what he's doing. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I know he was doing some stand up for a while, but I don't. I can't yeah. remember the last time I saw him like in something. Um, uh, Shallow Hal is the last. Uh, last I recall. One hundred and two Dalmatians. <laughs> I know that he's in that. Was Not the live first? action. No, no. Oh, okay. The animation gotcha. was the animated one called One Hundred and Two Dalmatian, or was it One Hundred One uh, Dalmatians well, Two? The, mm, ah, that's a great question. I do not know the answer. That is a great trivia question. It's the one where Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt, the dog, is like Bongo? no, no, no. The Matches. the one that they watch on TV, Thunderbolt. I don't know. Lucky like meets him and he's a total tool, and Jason huh. Alexander is jealous of him. He's like a corgi. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> terrible movie. Terrible movie. Oh, that's no. all of that is to say. I'm excited to see him in what is presumably. Not a terrible movie, but listen, Kirk, I'm, I might be out on the Russo brothers right now. I, I certainly don't trust them. Like, I still think that they're capable of greatness, but I'm not seeing it anymore. Like, The Gray Man was not a great movie. 21 Bridges, not a great movie. Cherry was, was good. I like Cherry. I did too, for... 
but I, they're just they're not a sure a sure bet, man. They're not a sure Here's bet. Here's the synopsis for the Electric State. Yeah, laid on it's me. Based on a book. Okay, I've not read it until this moment. This is alive. You guys ready for this? Do this it. is the Electric State. In late 1997, a runaway teenager and her small yellow toy robot. Maybe he's the yellow toy robot. <laughs> oh, he he totally is, dude. He totally is. <laughs> The yellow toy robot and the girl travel west through a strange American landscape where the ruins of gigantic battle drones litter the countryside along with the discarded trash of a high-tech consumerist society addicted to a virtual reality system, a.k.a. Meta. As they, they don't say that. As they approach the edge of their continent, the world outside the car window seems to unravel at an ever faster pace. If somewhere beyond the horizon, the hollow core of civilization has finally caved in so he is either the yellow toy robot or someone who has somehow survived this strange like mm-hmm. medium apocalypse i feel like yeah and chris pratt like, might be the robot he could be the robot i mean he's voicing up everything yes he's garfield he's mario he must be stopped <laughs> if he's playing a robot and he's voice acting we have to put an end to it He's on like a Nicole Kidman run like for the <laughs> longest time. Nicole Kidman was like every woman that was ever cast. Yeah, it's in, like, in dude, roles. chill out. It's like she doesn't fit all those character types. Well, no. Chris Pratt is apparently every voice right now, and that's also not okay. It's not. It's not. But that cast list is interesting. We'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Here's one I'm excited, and this is a this is a quick hitter. That John Wick spinoff series, The Continental. For the longest time, it was stars. It was all the new stories at the works, in the works at stars, in the works at stars. Now, it's going to premiere on Peacock, which I am still dumb enough to pay for, for at least the short term. So, I'm excited about that. I feel I feel good about this. Listen, don't sleep on Peacock Premium. Like Cam says, he is one of like the four people in the world that owns it. True. But... I mean, The Outfit came there, uh, which is a really amazing uh, mafia movie uh, with Mark Rylance and Zoe Deutsch and uh, Dylan O'Brien, who's becoming like one of my favorite up and coming stars. Uh, uh, what else premiered on there? There's so many things that just like popped in there. That it's I was true. Like, oh. Recently, there's been a bit, they've been on a bit of a streak. Yeah, they, they get there. I feel like they get there faster than 45 days. I don't know what kind of like voodoo that they are playing with the Hollywood uh, community, but it's pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, don't sleep on it. And it's very exciting that Continental's coming there. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, other things to keep an eye on. Movie Pass, Kirk. Oh. The Movie Pass beta drops on Thursday, August 25th. Um, if you... Go to moviepass.com right now. There's a very ominous countdown that says that the beta is launching and that when the timer hits zero, you'll be able to join a wait list for MoviePass. Now, here's what we know. If you're if you're like, whoa, 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 MoviePass, what's going on? MoviePass was the subscription service back in the day that you could subscribe and go see infinite movies a mo- for a monthly fee. That was That right. was what it was billed as. It quickly became insolvent due to insane cash flow issues um, to where they like literally couldn't pay the theaters for the movies that people were seeing. Okay. Um, Declared bankruptcy, but the original founder, um, Stacy, I'm forgetting the last name. 
That's he, okay, Stacy. He purchased it. He purchased it from the auction, like the bankruptcy auction. So it was like he's buying it from himself from the bank, basically. And is relaunching it with apparently a bunch of tiered subscription services, $10, $20, $30 a month. No idea what is included in each. But this Thursday, you'll have the ability to join the wait list. Kirk, I have a very simple question for you. It's a yes, no answer, but you can elaborate. (laughs) Are you joining the wait list? Oh, I'm torn. I feel like I have to try it. I think it's a yes for me. <laughs> You're ready to be heard again. <laughs> I I <laughs> I never was a Movie Pass OG subscriber, but w- this thing the the <laughs> it's becoming such an elite thing. Like that website is so well structured. There's mm-hmm. even a page if you click on it where it's like this page does not exist yet. <laughs> it's <laughs> very enticing. Uh and I f- and then once it says once the window closes, the only way you will be able to join Movie Pass is if you are invited by an existing <laughs> Movie Pass right? member. <laughs> Right. So if neither one of us does it, then we have to go start begging people to get us on. Then it's like a country club thing. Then, then it's like the original Facebook where it's like, you have to be invited by a user. Right. To do it. And what if, what if people are like, no, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Rejected. We're cool enough. Right. I know it's going to bring back a bunch of old feelings, Kirk. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good for our (laughs) mental health. It's not going to be good for anything. (laughs) And then what if you sign up? What if what if I say I can't I can't not sign up for it? And I sign up for it and then I hate it and I immediately cancel. Right. Do I have to be invited back to it or can I just re- renew it at any point? There's no Oh, they're for sure booting you. Here. Right? They're like if you cancel, they're like you're dead to me. You can't come back. It's <laughs> over for you. You're done. Man, it's so tricky. It's so It's tricky. high stakes. It's high stakes. I have to see what the tier list is. I have to know what it is. Because most of the major theater chains have rolled out their own com- companion, like counterpart yeah. to this plan. And ideally, like that's the way to go, I think. Because you know that the theater is not going to pull the rug out from underneath you at any moment, in theory. But a lot of those plans have not scaled yet. Like I know we've talked about it before. Marcus Theaters is near us. They have a plan called Movie Flex. Is that what it is? Yep. Movie Flex. Yep. And it's only available in Nebraska and Ohio. And we're like, whoa, what's up with that? Because we could be saving some money potentially. So it's nobody has quite figured this out. I feel like the AMC A-list is probably the closest to it. I know Regal has a has an equivalent. Um, but, you know, it's all about where you're located and what theaters you have access to and which ones you like. So we'll see. If MoviePass allows me to see movies at a variety of different theaters that I like, Maybe I'll give it a spin. I don't know. We'll see. One of us has to do it. <laughs> yeah, just to hold the spot, right? Like just to just to kind of lock it in. Um, I I don't disagree with that, and I don't want to be left out in the cold. At twelve oh one or two oh one, whatever it happens to be, uh, central. And I'm gonna find out exactly what we need to do. And I'm calling you as soon as I get yeah. No, please do, please do. That'll be good. Um. All right, that's so that's Movie Pass, and that's all we've got for what's popping. Though there are a bunch of new things that are happening right now. Right, She Hulk kicked off last week. Episode one uh, launched on Thursday on Disney Plus. Episode two will be dropping this Thursday, and so on and so on and so on on Thursdays. I know we've gotten used to Wednesdays. Those guys, man, it's like snip snap, snip snap over there. They're trying to. <laughs> I, I can't figure it out. 
every day is different. It's like, oh, and this series releases on Fridays. <laughs> what, what was that? Kenobi? Obi-Wan yes. was Fridays? I mean, make it stop. Make it stop. It's ridiculous. Kirk, did you watch She-Hulk episode one? I have watched She-Hulk episode one. Quick thoughts? I need more to make a full decision. <laughs> favorable or unfavorable on episode one? Unfavorable. Oh, see, I'm favorable. I'm in favorable camp on it. Um, I'm okay. I'm I'm intrigued, though. I do think the the they said they were inspired by Fleabag, and I feel like I was like, I think it just kind of ripped it off a little bit. Hmm. Not just inspired, but I won't go that far. Like I think it's close, but we'll see how far they go in the future. Because mm-hmm. I love Fleabag. I think that show's amazeballs. I think it's mm-hmm. so good. Um, okay, other things that are happening. Obviously, we mentioned House of the Dragon. That's the Game of Thrones spinoff. That dropped on HBO last night. Um, Better Better Call Saul. R.I.P., man. It's it's over. Better Call Saul has finished. The finale has aired. Um and then there's a bunch of movies that are that are now available to stream. Like we haven't even spoken since the Predator prequel Prey dropped on Hulu. Right. Um, the Black Phone, which is the Scott Derrickson film starring Ethan Hawke, is on Peacock Premium. Maybe that's one of the ones you were thinking about. That was Kirk. Yep. Yep. Uh, and speaking of Dylan O'Brien, not okay. Uh, he's in that one, isn't isn't he on he Hulu? Absolutely is. Is yeah, Zoe Deutsch in just... that too? She is. <laughs> they're just boom, just dropping. They're just all the stuff linked. This year. Like they're killing it. They're like handcuffed together, making all of these different movies. Um, the A League of Their Own is now on streaming on Prime. And finally, since we've buried the lead so well, the subject of this week's review, Day Shift, starring Jamie Fox and Dave Franco and Snoop D O Double G, is now available to stream. <laughs> on Netflix. So you can watch it there. It's, you know, if you free with your Netflix subscription, join us on Thursday of this week for our review of that film. Again, that's day shift. It's about vampires, which is why Kirk has the twilight background. It's all coming together. All right. Um, and we'll be reviewing that on the podcast. Anything I missed Kirk, anything you want to add? Nothing. You've missed nothing. And I can't, tell you how excited I am that we made tonight happen. Yes. It's been really busy. School has started again for most kids. Um, it's there's sicknesses that people are dodging left and right. There's last minute vacations. So we appreciate business all travel. It's Oh, so much business travel. All I'm actually, travel. I'm going to Vegas tomorrow. So like this was it. This what? was, this was our this. way. I know it's been so crazy. We haven't even talked about it, but like just for one day, Cause that's how things go. But like, Oh, it's nuts, man. It's absolutely bananas. Like I'm actually physically going to stop this episode and go pack my suitcase so I can go to the airport tomorrow morning. Um, it, so it's bananas, but we made oh. it happen on a Monday night, popcorn for breakfast, live stream. What's popping. We did it. Well done. Us will hear the review of day shift later this week as well. That's right. Two for two for this week. We're back on schedule. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Of course, we always want to give a special thank you to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as the band that created our wonderful original music. They're called Rhetoric. Check them out anywhere you listen to music. And we will see you guys later this week for a review of Day Shift. Talk to you then.